Over some of the weeks this summer, we're going to start the book of Acts. And Acts was written by the Apostle Luke, who also wrote the Gospel by the same name. Acts begins with the ascension of Jesus, which I mentioned that we celebrate this Thursday, 40 days after Jesus' resurrection. And in these 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension, Jesus is teaching his disciples. He continues to teach them, and, and he's building the kingdom of God on earth with them. And then in a couple of weeks, we celebrate Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit poured himself out upon the people in the church, and the church expanded like wildfire, and we'll be reading that in Acts 2. So the book of Acts is the Acts of the disciples, but maybe a better way of explaining it is the Acts of the Holy Spirit of Jesus, working through these sinful people, through the sinful disciples, creating a spiritual growth in the church. And so this book encourages and equips us how the Holy Spirit can continue to work in us today as we strive to be obedient, despite our broken and sinful behaviors. Often we ask our, ask our God to, to show us the direction of the church and where is the church, where are we as Exeter CRC or the Christian Reformed Church headed in the future? And we sometimes ask the question, how will our church be different in five or ten years from now? And perhaps a better question is, how will our town and our surrounding communities be different in five or ten years from now if we are effective at our work as a church? The book of Acts helps us rephrase the questions differently and in line with God's mission for his people today. So before we read from chapter one, I want to just briefly summarize what we're going to be reading in this chapter. Because in this passage of Acts, it's after the resurrection of Jesus. So Jesus is alive, and he's standing there in bodily form, and he continues to give his disciples convincing proofs that he is alive. But let's be honest. I mean, if we were present at this time, we'd probably find it rather overwhelming. We'd be asking ourselves, you know, is Jesus speaking in kind of riddles when he says, okay, guys, don't leave Jerusalem and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he talks, says right after that, he talks about them going outside of Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. What's all that mean? And then what happens next on this partly sunny, partly cloudy day, Jesus is taken up and then he's gone. And can you blame the disciples to be sort of frozen in their steps, as we'll read? Looking intently, gazing into the sky, having, been, having to be told just to kind of move on. There's nothing more to see here. And so the disciples, as we read, move on to Jerusalem. And Peter reminds the others that scripture says to replace this dead disciple, Judas, who betrayed Jesus. And then we get a bit of a digression in this passage on what happened to Judas. And the disciples chose by prayer and lot their brother, Matthias. And they were to nominate a disciple who's been with them the whole time and witness the resurrection of Jesus. So let's read from Acts 1, verses 1 to 26. And as we're going through this summer, reading through Acts, and today included, I encourage each of you to get out your Bibles, because the passages are going to be rather longer. And if you can listen, like, just listen for you know, several verses, like, without following along in Scripture, that's fine, too. But uh, you may want to take out your Bibles or bring your own Bibles this summer or download the app on your phone. Um, if you want to download the app and you want to be connected to the internet, the 15 postcard 7 for those who not want to play games but want to read the scriptures on your phone. 1515 postcard 7, all lowercase. 
Pew Bible is a, the NIV uh, New International Version 1984. I often read from the New International Version 2011, a more current one, and that's most of the Bible apps have that too. So let's read from Acts 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him, and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Because the same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath-stained block from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying, and those presented were Peter, and, or those present were Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. And they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and he said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. And he was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field, and there he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. And everyone in Judah, Jerusalem rather, heard about this, so they called that field in their language Al-Kadamah. That's the field of blood. For, said Peter, it's written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, and let there be no one to dwell in it. And may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it's necessary to choose one of the men who've been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. And then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A learning process that encourages us to be the people that we were created to be in relationship with Jesus and to be disciples that were called to be as followers of Jesus is this. You receive information, you reflect on the information, and then you practice it. 
You receive information, you reflect on it, you practice, and you can probably take note in any part of our life, whether family, employment, school, relationships, you name it, this model would be a great model for learning, to become a master, to excel at what we're called to excel at. You receive information. Maybe it's a course at school. You receive information through the course. Or how-to instructions, reading to put something together. Or you receive information, advice from a friend. Or a sermon from a pastor. You receive information. We receive information all the time. But so often, we then just leave it at that. Well, this model encourages us, this learning model encourages us to take time to reflect on it. To reflect on the information that we're receiving. What am I learning? What is God teaching me from this? And you pray about it. You talk about it. You spend time in silence if that's what you need. Maybe you stare at the sky like the disciples did. And then finally you put the information into practice. You could receive information and you reflect on it. But if it's not followed up with practice, with action... Oh yeah, it's still useful, don't get me wrong. Especially if it's God's word. But we don't become the disciples that we're called to become. Let's briefly look at the disciples in Jesus' journey in the Gospels. Because Jesus provides, often, he provides over and over again, teaching and information. It's received by the disciples. And they, at times, they needed time to withdraw and, and rest and take Sabbath, take a time of reflection. And then Jesus commanded them to go out, whether it's two by two, and, and go out and practice. As you go out with your regular routines, in your daily lives, go out and make disciples. The story this morning, the Ascension story, is another example that provides us information. And we need to study and pray and reflect on it. And then we need to do as the title of this book suggests. Act. Acts of the Holy Spirit at work in God's people. So in the first part of this chapter, we read that Jesus is alive. And he's right back with his disciples. And I'm sure they're comfortable. They're really comfortable with Jesus being back in their lives and, and with the situation again where Jesus is now with them. He's walking with them. He's talking with them. He's eating with them. He's teaching with them. He's doing everyday, regular life with his disciples again. And as he's doing life, he is again providing them information. He was giving them instructions from the Holy Spirit. He was convicting them that indeed he is alive and he's standing there in bodily form. And Jesus is teaching them the truth of the gospel. That he came to seek and to save the lost. That he came for sinners. That he's there to grow his kingdom on earth. People of God, you are, we are all sinners. Are you a sinner? Then Jesus came to seek and to save you. And we, we are called to repent and believe. <clears throat> and as we continue to read, Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God. Now this was key. This was a key teaching of Jesus. That God's kingdom, that God's reign, that his rule is over all the heaven and the earth and over all people. And Acts begins with Jesus teaching about the kingdom of God. And if you jump all the way back to the last verse of Acts, chapter 28, verse 31, it ends with Paul teaching about the kingdom of God and his Lord, Jesus Christ. I think that one thing that we are taught as we go through the book of Acts, but also in this passage, 
is that the kingdom of God doesn't have to be about a supernatural event. I mean, yes, the kingdom of God includes the ascension of Jesus, and that was an amazing supernatural event in the lives of the disciples and in our lives of the church. But the kingdom of God includes our everyday activities in life. The exciting and the mundane activities that we do are part of God's work. They're all part of God's kingdom. And it's important that we are reflecting the glory of God in our regular activities, in our relationships with one another, with children, with spouses, with church family, with people in the community, our neighbors. It's important how we're reflecting God's glory in our, in our sexual relationships, in our sexual activities. Or how about in school? Do we complain about that teacher who seems to be always so unfair or that student who just doesn't behave like I would? How about sports events? Whether Raptors win or they might lose, reflect God's glory. Reflect on it. Act on it. Practice it. Show God's glory to others. Be intentional with including people and not speaking negative about people or about our jobs or even about the church. Recognize that even the things that we don't always want to do is still work for God's kingdom here on earth. Because we are called to be kingdom builders in all we do. Our regular routine should be seen as the journey and participating in God's kingdom and partnering with God. So can we turn our regular routines into epic opportunities of expressing God's love to him and to one another? Growing God's kingdom here on this earth through our everyday life. Well, it's unfortunate that even after these teachings from Jesus, the disciples are still somewhat confused about the kingdom. As maybe many of us are today too, right? And they asked Jesus if he at this time is going to restore the kingdom to Israel. They still expected the political and territorial restoration to Israel. And Jesus, he's talking a much bigger picture than this. And so Jesus points it back. He takes it away from the political and, and, the, and, and the territorial restoration. And he points it back to the spiritual kingdom. And to the coming of the Holy Spirit upon God's people. And then he disappeared. He probably figured that this was as good a time as any to disappear. And he went into the sky, and the clouds hit him. Basically saying, you guys are on your own. Oh, but maybe not. Then in verse 10, the disciples have an opportunity to continue staring into the sky. And you know, this might be looked at as their time of reflection, asking questions, being perplexed as to what just happened here. Now, we don't know how long they were staring, but again, it's important to reflect, to contemplate on what information that we've just received, on what event just happened. And then there did come a point that they were asked to stop looking in the sky. There's nothing more to see. It's time to act. So the disciples returned to Jerusalem. And there they were, in a room with the eleven of them. In verse 14, they all joined together in prayer. A time of listening, a time of reflecting. They were there with Mary, the mother of Jesus. There were other women, and Jesus' brothers were there. They received information. They were taught by Jesus. They saw Jesus ascending into the heavens. They saw what happened. They reflected. They stared 
They prayed. Now what? Act. They acted in accordance with God's will. They were told to go to Jerusalem, and they went. And as time went on, Peter reminded the group that the Old Testament scriptures prophesied through the psalm of King David, Psalm 109, that they were to replace Judas with another leader. And so through the acts of the Holy Spirit, through the actions of the disciples, Matthias was selected. And he was somebody who had been with Jesus throughout his ministry, being taught, reflecting, and now it's time to act. Jesus ascended. His human work on earth with the disciples is complete. And his work in heaven, his divine work in heaven continues. And our work, the disciples' work on earth, continues. Jesus' ascension means that he reigns on high. Ten days later, as promised at his ascension, the Holy Spirit of Jesus was going to power God's people for a purpose. We're going to look again. We're going to look at chapter 2 in a couple weeks. And our purpose is to shine the glory of our Lord. As our mission statement states, we are training to become a clear reflection of God's glory. The training involves receiving information. The training involves reflecting on that information. The training involves practicing on it, acting on it. And we shine the glory of our Lord when we are his disciples following Jesus and making disciples of Jesus. And this is what Jesus was getting across to his disciples before his ascension. Jesus calls his disciples back on track to the plans of his Father. Jesus gets disciples back to, disciples back to growing God's kingdom. Jesus gets them back on track with the Father's mission and the promise. And we can receive, reflect, and practice as we go through the book of Acts. The disciples here were called to be witnesses. That they could testify to Jesus' life and his death and resurrection. To his ascension. And in a few days, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of Jesus. The disciples were called to be witnesses that Jesus is alive. And they were to share the truth of Jesus and what he has done for his people. And they were to testify who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and how Jesus saves. And as disciples, as followers of Jesus, we too all have the opportunity to witness. Because a Christian, a follower of Jesus, is a witness. And all Christians have a story. People, we receive information. We reflect on the information. And how are you going to act on it for the love of Jesus and for the love of the gospel? The scripture reading, the Bible, is, the, uh, is one amazing story. The whole word of God. We've been given that story. It's our story. We've also been given our own stories. Because God has given each of us a story of his work in our life. He's given us what he has done for us, and we are witness to that. We have heard and we have seen what God has done for each one of us. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have this story from Scripture, and you have a story of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Acts 1 is where the adventure begins. Jesus is gone, but he's not really gone. He's left his people to represent him on earth. He's in bodily form in the heavens. And the acts of the Holy Spirit is working through the acts of Jesus' disciples. Information and good intentions do not transform. Action transforms. 
And so we are called to act. As individuals and as a church, we need to pursue what's next as part of God's mission as we follow Jesus. Now, some of you have heard this comment before. I'm going to say it again, that we have to go to the edge of our comfort zone. And then we have to take one more step. Whether you're sick of this statement or not, that's fine. But it's a reminder, at least to me, that maybe I'm not responding and acting as I'm supposed to. Maybe I keep going just to the edge of the comfort zone and not taking that one extra step. And maybe I need to learn and act to take that one extra step more often. So today, you've heard God's word. You have received God's word. So may you reflect on it. May you pray about it. And may you respond to it. May you act. Perhaps some are going to respond in a new faith. A new and a first time relationship with Jesus Christ, your ascended Lord and Savior. Rejoice that the Lord is your King and your Savior. Praise God for His work in you. He's given you a story. Perhaps others have a relationship already with Jesus Christ and will grow that relationship. Maybe that's how you're going to act and share your story, our story, with one person this week. That extra step beyond their comfort zone. People, brothers and sisters, our God reigns. Jesus Christ is in heaven. And he has promised his Holy Spirit to the disciples. We're not pawns of the king. We are children of the king. As we are reminded again with the baptism of Jasper. The beauty of baptism reminds us that we are all God's people. God's children. Sons and daughters of the king. We're partners of the king. And he calls each one of us to grow his kingdom here on this earth. Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, Father God, reigning God on high. Thank you for your word and for your ascension. We thank you that through your ascension, you left us the responsibility to act on your behalf on this earth. Just as you act on our behalf in heaven. We thank you that you desire to partner with us in growing your kingdom here on this earth. And Lord, if there are those here today who have not yet entered into a relationship with you, we pray that through your Holy Spirit, that they have heard your gospel and will want to respond in faith to your gospel. For others, maybe longtime believers or recent converts, we pray that your spirit will grow our relationship with you and that we will respond with actions by sharing this good news of our stories, your story with others. We thank you for your kingship, and we thank you that for your presence on this earth in our lives and in our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.